It's our new tradition, the Michigan Mailbag. We're answering your Michigan football questions on game day. Hopefully this does not continue to be a tradition, but it is for now. We're going to talk about your questions. We're going to answer all of them on this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Saturday. We are back and doing it. Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where is your team every day? I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And we are going to jump right into it, starting with our leaders and best, James Crudup at James Crudup 6. If the current playoff system or in the current playoff system, it's two losses and you're out most of the time. With the expanded playoff and teams playing tougher schedules, how many losses do you think Michigan can afford to still get in? Do you think the committee will weigh anything differently? Um, I think it's probably still two uh, because there's going to be a lot more two loss teams, right? Like it's the, the ones that have been considered and we haven't seen the two loss teams getting in. If my recollection serves, it's been more kind of of the uh, of the ilk of, you know, a one loss team. But the ones that have been there have been kind of close. Like I can see Michigan uh, 2016, obviously getting in. I mean, they would have been in, obviously. Uh, but I think three would be the max, and I think it depends on how you lose those three, right? If, you, if they're three road games, they're one possession games, if it's a similar type of scenario to like 2016 where Michigan lost, what, like by 16, not 16 points, by five points, three games by five points total. Granted, one of them was the bowl game, but, you know, like they, they had lost by one point to Iowa. They lost by uh, three points to Ohio State. So I think if it was something like that, then then yeah, they they would be in. Uh, they could probably have another loss in there if it was those three. You know, then I certainly they'd be in. But I think that would be the max, right? Because you can't just keep on losing games, right? Like Nebraska lost so many one score games, right? Like, but no one was sitting there looking at Nebraska and being like, man, they are just so good. I think it would have to be like, all right, they played the number one, the number two, and the number four teams in the country, and they lost by three points all on the road. Or something like that. You know, that would be the only way. But generally, I think it's going to be two losses. I think that's probably most likely. Jimmy Whitner at Jimmy Whitner won with much a much more difficult schedule next year. What game are you looking forward to the most? Um, probably still Texas. I think, like, just seeing Texas in the big house. I mean, Texas and USC, both in the big house. I think that's that's just cool, right? Like, I understand that USC is going to be in the Big Ten, but it's going to be exciting for a little while in particular as we get acclimated to the idea of the U of USC being in the Big Ten and a SEC version of Texas coming also to the big house. I mean, th this is this next year is like a payoff to all the season ticket holders who have just had a terrible time, you know, ha have had to endure terrible slates. And certainly it was worse about 10 years ago when you had uh, when you had the, the all three, you know, or was it all three? I went to every game at the big house in 2014. I'm trying to remember that because they, they didn't play Michigan State. They played Michigan State on the road. They played Ohio State on the road. I think they also played Penn State on the road that year. So it used to be like just such a sad slate of games. Um, so for those who have been long suffering, they finally get a respite because you get Texas at home. You get a, a ranked, well, a currently ranked Florida. Sorry, not Florida. Fresno State team, I mean, that that's no one's really going to get up for that, but, I mean, it's still kind of cool. You got USC coming. You got uh, Oregon coming. I mean, that is just a heck of a slate. That is such a fun time 
uh, assuming Michigan gets some wins out of that. Uh, number two, is, is our starting quarterback on the roster? Do you think it comes from the portal? I'm going to go with the portal. I think that uh, I, I think it's going to be the portal. Um, but it might be J.J. McCarthy. I'm not putting it. I'm not saying like he's absolutely leaving after this year. Now, if he's still being slated as a number five overall draft pick, he absolutely is. But uh, number three, where is Zuri? Well, Zuri is at my grandmother's house at the moment. Just uh, staring out the window asking for belly rubs. That's what she's doing. KRT at Farmer Katie 84 what is the main reason why there are fewer explosive run plays this year? Uh, just miss, they're, they're not making guys miss as much as maybe we're accustomed to seeing. So that would be, that would be the big part. And, I, you know, teams are loading up a little bit more against the run, whereas last year they, they, they kind of were protecting the pass to some degree, right? Like they, they, that first they started trying to play the run and then JJ was killing them in the pass. And then, so then they backed off a little bit. So it opened up a little more opportunities, but we still need to see the running backs, uh, break that tackle, make that safety miss, make that linebacker miss. They haven't really done that as of yet. Uh, wow, we're just breezing through <laughs> segment one because we have no, we have no uh, Josh Barr, we have no uh, Michael Wolf in this one. Um, Jonathan Joseph at J Joseph twenty one fifty six. Why does Penn State still get the benefit of the doubt always? I've seen people project them as at in number one in the country for college football playoff predictions because it's just it's. I mean, it's a blue blood. I know we don't really think of them that much in that light, but I mean, it is right. Like I, I grew up remembering, I didn't know they were in the big 10, but I remember it was like every Saturday I'm watching Saturday morning cartoons and it's like up next. And it's, it's showing Penn state and it's showing Joe Paterno, who I thought was the same thing as Joe Pesci, just, you know, kind of sauntering out the tunnel, you know, like uh, just kind of, so, you know, soldering on. And I just remember thinking like, Oh, that's cool. Penn state. They're cool. You know, like I liked Michigan, but you know, it was still, like all that, you know, I like that, the fact that they have Joe Pesci coaching their team. Um, so um, uh, the Home Alone guy's doing it. He's really making it happen. And um, it's, uh, I, 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 I think it's, some people are just trying to be that, like, find that smart thing so that if Penn State does do really well, it can be like, see, I've been telling you, right? I mean, they've been doing it since 2016. So pay no mind. I mean, could Penn State end up being that? They could. Their defense is incredible. I don't think their offense is necessarily as much as it's cracked up to be. We got another question about that later. We'll get to that. Um, Spencer Whitmore at Spencer Whitmore finishing out segment one. With all the new contract rumors about Harbaugh, do you think the honest beef is between the university administration and Jim Ward Manuel is just taking the blunt of it with his uh, with his hands tied and trying to preserve the peace? Just feels like this isn't that complicated and Pam. I think it's it's less any of that. I think, you know, they're there. And I know I got another question about it here coming up, but I think it has more to do with the fact that they were playing. You know, they had a timeline set where, like, we're going to get the NCAA stuff re resolved and then we're going to do it. I think they thought that they were going to get that done. And especially after the three game contract or three game suspension, uh, NCAA has decided that that's not sufficient enough. So therefore, um, I think that's why they're getting it done now. I don't think it has to do with that stuff. Personally, I could be wrong. I'll ask Chris Ballas. He knows more about it. All right, we're going to continue on here in just one moment. But before we do, 
Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. It is a service that I have personally used. I highly, highly recommend it. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Not that you can tell from this here video, <laughs> or definitely audio we are hearing, it's a beautifully sunny uh, Minneapolis at the moment. I'm in, I'm in the south there. I'm in Bloomington. Um, it's uh, 47 degrees outside. It's not going to get a heck of a lot warmer. I forgot my coat. But uh, thankfully, I've got uh, an a, a extra large sweatshirt, a double extra large hoodie, and a shirt jacket. So that's going to be what's worn today. Um, nonetheless, it is what it is. We're looking for. I wish the game was. I don't. I'm. I'm glad the game isn't at noon because I want to watch Ohio State Maryland, uh, and the Red River rivalry. I am. I wish the game was also at noon though, especially the. You know, I wouldn't make the whole drive back, but I would drive maybe to Chicago tonight. You know, make it to church in the morning. It's not gonna happen. Anyway, uh, Perry Mitchell at Perry Mitchell 08. Uh, starting off our uh, Victor's Valiant. Has uh, Kalel Mulling solidified himself into the permanent uh, hashback, uh, halfback? I don't know what where my mind is this morning. Three-roll with the way he's taken the short yardage opportunities and run with them. And if so, does he start to get more carries on first and second downs if the Don keeps sputtering? I, I don't have much to answer there because I believe, yes, I do think he has fully solidified his number three status. We have yet to really even see C.J. Stokes. Um, and we have not seen, I know Benjamin Hall was injured. Uh, so it, that, that's, I, I think we expected to see him, but I thought Kalel Mullings looked good in the spring game and obviously he looked great against Nebraska. So yes, I do think he has solidified that said, I mean, if he doesn't produce, then that can change in a hurry. And yes, that, that I mean, we talked a little bit about it yesterday about, uh, his emergence actually being good for Donovan, in my opinion. I'm not the one at William Cawthorn 9. If Michigan played the top 10, what would their record be? The current top 10? I, I don't know. Because Michigan's a team that kind of, for the most part, grows over the course of its schedule. I mean, that's what it does now. That's like what Ohio State used to do. And so, I don't know. I mean, as, at, at this stage, I mean, I think they would be probably like 7-3. and three. They could be eight and two. They could be nine and one. I don't know. I, I don't think any team in the country, and this even includes Georgia and in the, in their dominance. I, I think if you play the top 10, if you had to, if you had to play like the entire top 10 and maybe like one other, other team, you're going to, you're going to get got at some point, right? Like Georgia got got by Alabama. You're going to get got. So I don't know. Um, do we know how, how dominant Michigan is to that degree? I mean, I think that Michigan, we know that at least the run defense is really dominant and the pass rush is uh, done really well, as has the secondary. Um, we know J.J. can sling the ball. We know that the offensive line is coming into form. So like, if they would have played like week one, if they would have played like, you know, Alabama or something, I mean, that might have been a lot tougher of a road to climb, you know. 
to some degree. Why do you think people want to see a more challenging games? I would love for Michigan to blow out everyone on their schedule and win the natty, natty easily. Because don't you relish the the bigger games? I mean, yeah, a loss, you're going to be heartbroken. But don't you relish getting to see, like, I think about 2013, not 2013, 2011 Notre Dame, right? If that was just, like, Indiana, where they had that epic comeback, you'd be like, oh, that was cool. But I know that, yeah, I, as a fan at that time, anytime that was, like, replaying on Big Ten Network, anytime that I could watch clips of it, anytime I could go on YouTube and rewatch parts of that, I had it saved on my DVR. I went back and rewatched it so many times. So, it, it the bigger games matter, right? Like, uh, if, if you beat a bad Michigan State team, you're like, cool. I mean... You celebrate it because it's Michigan State, but if you were if you were able to beat a uh, a bad um, or a good Michigan State team, not that that has happened often, because it just seems like when Michigan State's good, Michigan isn't. Uh, and I know Sparty's out there going to be like typical making excuses. I mean, it's generally true, with the exception of like twenty twenty one. You usually the the better Michigan Michigan State has been better in the years that they've beaten Michigan. I, that's probably the only exception in recent memory. Uh, but um, or like Ohio State, don't you feel much better about beating Ohio State in 2021 and 2022 than you did in 2011? I mean, 2011 was nice, but it was a six and six Ohio State team. It's a heck of a lot better to beat a good team. I'd rather see a, a, I'd rather see Michigan play a big team and win. Uh, or a big team and lose than a, uh, a a bad team and win, because then you also know where you know what your expectations are. You know exactly where you stand, right? Yeah, you, they could get to the national champion. They could beat TCU. I mean, granted, TCU beat Michigan and they beat some other good teams, but you would rather like get to that national championship game and be like, this is a dominant team. Plus, you know what your problems are. You know how to fix them year over year if you're playing tougher teams. Because you get exposed, you're like, okay, we need more linebackers. Okay, now we, we need a better secondary. We need this is what we need to, in order to to really be able to take that next step. I think it's just much much more instructive, and it's a heck of a lot more fun to watch the big games than it is Michigan Northwestern or Michigan any of the three games to start the season. Right? No one was getting up for that. Jacob Shavaria at Shavaria. I see Dave Portnoy follows you on Twitter. Have you ever met him? Uh, I have not, and uh, yeah, I am one of like the. I don't. He doesn't follow a lot of people. I've never met him. I've never talked to him. Uh, he followed me after. Uh, ironically, he didn't follow uh, the player in question. But before the Rutgers game in 2016, Shane Morris was wearing. I, and I didn't know anything about Barstool. I didn't. I didn't know who Dave Portnoy even was. He was wearing. Uh, Shane Morris was warming up in a uh, maize and blue Saturdays for the boys shirt. So he, he, I took a picture of him and he's like, hey, can you post that and tag t- Dave Portnoy? So I did. And Dave followed me and uh, he didn't follow Shane. So it's kind of funny. But no, I don't. I've never met him. I've seen him on the sidelines once. Uh, 2017 uh, Michigan State game. I uh, did not uh, talk to him. Uh, if JJ leaves next year, who do you think who do you project as a starter? Probably, I mean, I, I think it's probably a transfer portal guy. Personally, if he leaves at this moment, do you think Donovan is staying or going? If if it's if things don't change, he's staying. I don't think he has much of a choice. Uh, if things stay the same, but we didn't see Donovan Edwards as we know him until week seven against Penn State. So 
give him a little bit of time. Uh, if Jim leaves, do you think there will be a huge number of people transferring out? Uh, I think, I mean, at any, yeah, I mean, that, that could happen if they keep Sharon uh, and say, like, Sharon, you're the new head coach, then probably not. I don't know if that's the best answer, but if there's a complete culture change, they go get someone wildly different, then yes. I mean, that's just the nature of the game at this point. I mean, it was the nature of the game even when Lloyd Carr retired, you know? Adam Casel at Adam underscore Casel. What will be the biggest challenge that Minnesota presents? Pass offense, run offense, uh, pass defense, or run defense? Um, it depends on if Darius Taylor is playing, then it would be run offense. That's the only thing I think that could challenge Michigan here. That that would be it. But we don't know if Dar Darius Taylor didn't play last week. I, I don't know if he'll play today. He's a game-time decision, as from, from what I read online today. Mark Z at Mark Zimke, can you imagine being an offensive or defensive coordinator watching film and realizing that Michigan was just working on stuff like it was just practice? Yeah, that would be a little disheartening, and that is very true. That's that's the fun part of all of this, right? Michigan has not gotten into the bag. Now, we've seen that bite Michigan before, but I, I've told you they're very they very much have a lot that they aren't showing. When I say a lot, I'm talking like eighty percent that they're not really showing. They're not showing anything right now. Even the plays that like look kind of flashy here and there, they're that's not that's not it. So good luck to the teams at the end of the schedule because that they they're aware. And then, yeah, that's got to feel really bad when, you know, but that's that's what happens when you have a more talented team that can just run those bread and butter plays. Ohio State under Urban Meyer wasn't necessarily doing like these big flashy things. They, for the most part, were running the same thing over and over again. Teams just couldn't stop it. That's just they did the same at Florida. Right. It's just you, when you have better players, they just execute better. Um, and sometimes you just can't stop it. Um, Rich Nelson at Rich Nelson one with Kalel Mulling seeming to have established himself as the go-to short yardage back. Do you think at some point we'll see the jump pass from him again? And if so, against which opponent? Um, I'm sure they will. And I mean, could be Penn State or Ohio State. Uh, I don't think you'll see it before then unless they have some kind of action off of that. Because that's the other fun thing that we, 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 we're, st we're starting to see a little bit of setup payoff. We'll see even more of that as we go forward. Anton Sespita Mangala at Sespita Mangala. Having the ability to put in backups for the fourth quarter is such an intangible benefit for Michigan. What other intangibles do you notice that give Michigan an edge? That's a really good question. I don't know that I have a good answer right out the bat, but... I mean, that is, that is certainly one because now these guys are seasoned. They know what it's like to get in a game and they're playing the other team starters. And they, you know, they, they have film that can be corrected and it's so, so much better than being in practice. And it just gives you that much of a deeper bench uh, to, to play with. I mean, honestly, the only other intangible I can think of really is just that, like what I was just talking about, they haven't really shown you anything and they're still able to maul. I mean, they might get into that Penn State game find themselves having success and saying, you know, we can save some of this for Ohio State, right? They, they might, that, that's another huge benefit. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's a great question. I don't have a great answer. I'm not, I'm not that deep. <laughs> I wish I was. Clark at Blue for Life 8 is the reason we haven't seen much of Orgy is because of health, play, or something else. Seems like there was a lot of uh, hype for him this offseason. It was just a special package they had for him. Yeah, he, 
He was out for uh, one or two weeks, so that would be it, the health part in part. And that, and they're still trying to figure out. They still are trying to figure out who the backup quarterback actually is. They have not fully decided on that. Jerome Moore said last week, uh, it'd probably be Tuttle right now, but, I mean, that's still up in the air. Stugatz at X-Men 86. Why was Corum on the hands team in a blowout loss? He really, he could, he really could gotten lit up there. Because that's unfortunately just the hands team, right? Like, it isn't like, a, okay, we have a hands team and let's put someone else out there. The hands team is the hands team. That's why it was stupid that, you know, Matt Rule put Michigan in that situation to have to put the hands team out there. The hands team is the hands team. It isn't like hands team one, hands team two. It's the hands team is the hands team. The Recon Raider at Hamstand 87. We had talk coming. Is there something funny we can say about, uh, for Urban to MSU? Uh, real question. Uh, we, I've, okay, we don't. Uh, I, I fully don't believe Urban's going to MSU. There's no way he's taking on a reclamation project. If, if anything, he's leveraging MSU to see how much money he can get, and then setting his market value. Uh, there's just uh, to me like he's not starting a complete overhaul rebuild where where they have not the talent that he needs in order to succeed. It's not if 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 he went there, it wouldn't be like win in year two. It would be like and maybe the transfer portal could help. But he's also been away from football for five years. Uh, and it, it's going to be harder for him to assemble a staff. You know, he was only away from football for one year between Florida and Ohio State. And he was coming off of like just some incredible years at Florida. And those years are a little bit further back with Ohio State. So I just, I don't see that happening. Um, real question, who plays hero in November games? I don't know. That's the fun part, right? Like there's going to be someone that steps up that we aren't talking about probably. Um, you know, no, we weren't, we were excited about Diamond Edwards, but we weren't talking about him busting things out. We weren't talking about Cornelius Johnson. Um, so I don't know. That's, I, it's, there's going to be people who, step up in the, the big moments that we aren't necessarily anticipating. Finishing out segment two, James Kovaleski at coach underscore Kovo. What are your reactions to the news that the official uh, official Michigan State Collective uh, Spartan Dogs for Life canceled NIL deals with most Spartan players after the firing of Mel Tucker? That sucks, man. That That is un beyond unfortunate. It is unfair to those kids, right? You can hate on MSU all you want. I mean, that's still for the most part, those players aren't going there because they have a strong hatred of Michigan. They're being sold on the dream of playing power five division one college football. And they see MSU as a, as a better fit than other places. You know, maybe they did have other dream schools or whatever. Uh, I mean, the same can even be said at Michigan, right? There can be guys that wanted to go to Georgia or Alabama that didn't really have either. They didn't have an offer or didn't have a committable offer. You know, it, it's, it's not that, um, so it's unfortunate. I think the, the thing that rubbed me the most wrong, though, was they still had a ad read uh, in the uh, Michigan State-Iowa game. Because I was listening to, they, they only were playing the Michigan State broadcast when I was driving from, uh, from Lincoln to Des Moines last week. So I listened to the Blaha and Strayhorn. And uh, they had to do a read and sat there and were like, you know, donate to Spartan Dogs for Life. All of your money goes directly to those guys. And it's like... It doesn't anymore, though. So that kind of sucks. It's just, it's it's really bad. All right, we're going to continue on. We've got a bunch more, a little time. We'll fin finish up here in a moment. All right, we're here with the Blue Crew. 
And we're gonna do this a little bit faster. Uh, just to, to save some time. Also, I can't go like 35 minutes with this in, in, on the road. This computer, this 2016 MacBook Pro, it, it is not nearly the, the beast that my iMac Pro is at home. My iMac Pro is like, oh, 4K video, and like here I'm not even exporting in 4K. Uh, it's like 4K video, 30 minutes long, give me 10, 15 minutes tops. This is like, oh, 4K video, you're gonna export to 1080p. Um, it, you know, I, cause I always forget to change, my, I, I don't change my camera settings because I would forget to do it uh, after the game. Not that I post a lot of post game video, but sometimes I do it just in case there's something I need to. It's like, yeah, give me like two hours. And I'll be good. So, yeah, um, not uh, not gonna be treating this thing that like that, I guess. So, uh, anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. Adam at Pastor H2O, assuming JJ leaves and uh, Don stays, uh, who are the five six guys on offense, five six guys on D coming back who could make it a successful season with that murderer's row schedule? That's rough because I also don't know who on the offensive line. I would say is that I mean Joe Alhadi uh, and uh, Greg Crippen are obvious guys uh, Andrew Gentry and then let's say I mean it could be Trente I mean Trente has been around since 2018 no 2019 he and, and uh, Carson Barnhart are both uh, 2019 guys so I think they have to leave because I think they both I don't think they burnt the Richards I think they have one more I can see one of those guys returning, and I can see one of the transfers returning. Miles or uh, Ladarius, I'm not really sure. And that, so I, I would feel pretty good about that offensive line. Obviously, you're going to lose at least one of those receivers. Maybe Roman comes back, but I mean, if he continues playing the way he has, he's going to play himself into a first-round draft pick. So now you're looking at some of the the behind-the-scenes guys, but it could be time for Darius Clemens and Carmelo English and some of those guys to take that big step forward. We'll find out more about Darius Clemens, who's now healthy. Um, running back, uh, like you said, Donovan stays. Kalel Mullings, I'd imagine, is going to stay at this point. And, uh, and then you still got some guys in you. Know, Jordan Marshall could really probably be a guy there. And then you're probably going to get a transfer portal quarterback unless you really feel like Jaden Davis is the dude right away. I feel like you need a stopgap because you don't want to trust a true freshman in that. Um, so, yeah, there, that would be that. And then on, on defense, I mean, you, you've got guys that have to. Oh, I forgot Colston Loveland. He has to come back, right? So, like, you, you're, in, you're in a good spot at tight end. Um, on defense, you've got some guys that have to come back. Derek Moore uh, has to come back. And uh, Kenneth Grant, Will Johnson. So there's three right there. Uh, Ernest Hausman has to come back. Uh, so then you hope that a guy like Jaden Hood takes that next step forward to be that that guy next to him. Maybe you can transfer portal it there, too. Um, so I think that's a pretty good little nucleus uh, that you're probably losing Rod Moore and Makari Page, but you feel good about the guys that have to come back, Zeke Berry and uh, Keon Sapp. So defense feels really good. Offense is a little shaky. Silver Bampy at Silver Bampy. When was the last time you had to pay to see a Michigan Wolverines football game? Where and when? I paid for every home game in 2014. Uh, I went to every home game in 2014. I bought tickets off of StubHub every single week. Uh, I will, I, yeah, I think that was how it worked. So, yeah, that was it. That was the last time. The last game I went to as a paid fan was uh, the, the Maryland game. 
uh, I bought a whole, almost a whole row. I bought like, se- well, it wasn't a whole row, but I bought like s- seven or eight tickets for like, I think a hundred bucks. And, and it was like good, like relatively good seats, like 30 yard line, like 10 rows up or something like that. Uh, I was the only one that went because I could not, I literally couldn't give them away. Don't blame anyone for that. Uh, more like Robin Bood. Robin Bood. I don't know what that is. Aaron A. Agilin, Aaron Agilin, sorry. Uh, with Roman Wilson, will Roman Wilson score two times the touchdowns of Marvin Harrison Jr. or will it be three times? Well, let's just see how the season plays out, right? Roman's going to start getting more attention. Marvin and Marvin Harrison will probably step up a little bit more, but at the same time, with Kyle McCord as his quarterback, maybe he won't. I don't know. Mister Big Fish at Slappy Boomer projected kick time in East Lansing. Uh, we'll know on Monday. I know that NBC had planned on taking it as the 7:30 game. Certainly, with that MSU faltering the way it has, having lost its coach, that could change in a hurry. I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being a BTN game, to be honest. Uh, Brad G, Brad Go Blue 85. What are the chances Donovan Edwards is this year's Andrew Anthony? As in anticipating him to break out every game, but it never comes. Uh, I think it'll come. We've seen it. like Andrell had one good game, and then it just and then that was it against. Uh, the school that happened to be down the street from him. Donovan, we've seen have incredible games. It'll come. Mr. Nicholas Costin at NC Costin, uh, who I'm not going to read that. You're going to get an acknowledgement. Music guide at UR Guide to Music, or your guide to music. Uh, is Penn State going to upset Michigan? Um, I mean, at this stage, I, I do believe Michigan will win. Uh, but I mean, things can change in a hurry, and that injuries. You know, guys really coming on strong. Drew Aller could figure things out in a way that he hasn't yet. You know, they might have a plan, much like Michigan's plan for them, and they come out on topping at home. Who knows? Nathan Knowles at No41421. Are there any Michigan podcasters or writers who actually hate the program, meaning it's just a job and they enjoy writing just negative articles? I mean, probably. I know I know people who aren't fans of the program. I know people who are full-on fans of the program. Uh, but I, I would say... There are some people that are out there that you think absolutely hate the program that don't. They just happen to maybe be more negative because that it, I would say probably more because they care. Uh, uh, I, I, that's the best I can put it. Uh, and there are people there are people who you probably think are really big fans that couldn't care less. Now, I would say oh, for the most part, people aren't fans covering the team. I mean, I, I wouldn't consider myself a fan, even though I'm wearing Michigan versus everybody and all this stuff. I mean, it's because like if Michigan was to go out there and lose today, I would have zero emotional reaction. And I know you, you, a lot of you listening or watching are like, Oh, he's lying. No, I wouldn't because I would, I've learned to not hinge my happiness or sadness based off the Michigan football team. That said, I want them to do well. It makes my life more enjoyable in interacting with you, with the the amount of people that read and watch things. The tenor of the fan base is better when, you know, I prefer to answer happy things than angry shaking my fist. I prefer to go to Indianapolis. I prefer to go to the college football playoff. I would love to go to the national championship game. I don't know why you wouldn't want those things. I've, I've heard some writers say things like, yeah, it would be a lot of fun to cover a team that was maybe struggling. And then, but it's like, and then they cover the, the team struggles, and they're like, okay, that wasn't that fun. All right, I'm going way over time. Finishing out Cal uh, Elkins at Cal Elkins. When is Coach going to get his new contract? Probably, I'm going to say within the next month. That's just my guess. All right, that's going to do it. 
for this episode. We will be back with a post game. It will either come sometime Saturday night, probably, which would mean early Sunday morning, or possibly uh, Sunday night, depending on just kind of how that would flow with the game, the timing of all of that goes. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace.